On the 30th of January 1972, a 41-year-old man named Barney McGuigan stepped out from a group of people sheltering behind a block of flats in Londonderry. Yards away, a younger man was crying out as he lay dying on the floor. 31-year-old Patrick Doherty had been shot in the backside as he tried to crawl to safety. The group huddling behind the flats could hear him as he lay dying. I don't want to die alone. Somebody help me, a young woman called Geraldine Richmond remembered him shouting out. I could also hear him whining, the same witness said, and saying, God help me. The whining would stop and then start up again. Doherty had been shot by a soldier of the British Army. The bullet had entered his body above the right buttock and exited from the left side of his chest, causing massive internal injuries. Hearing his cries, the young woman said, I wanted to go out to help him, but I couldn't move. I was too scared. We all huddled together tighter. Some witnesses saw a white handkerchief being waved in McGuigan's hand as he stepped out. Others recalled his hands being empty. Across the road, a single soldier from the 1st Battalion of the Parachute Regiment went down on one knee into a firing position. The soldier taking up this position was seen by plenty of civilians, but also by army witnesses. Among them was an officer positioned in an observation post on the city walls. Later, in evidence, that soldier, known as 227, described how he saw the kneeling soldier fire two deliberate shots. As he did this, I saw a man falling. Soldier 227 was shown photographs of the group huddled together that were taken seconds before McGuigan stepped out from the group. I identify the foreground figure as the man I saw fall, he said, adding, I saw nothing in the hands of the man who fell. Closer to the scene, the man's fall was grimmer. He had spent that morning at church with his family and then attended a funeral. Barney McGuigan, one of the men huddled at the wall with me, was a community man, Richmond recalled, and was generally looked up to. During the march, a family friend of McGuigan had got into an argument with a soldier. McGuigan had grabbed him by the shoulder and led him away, the friend remembered. He said something like, Come away from here, you're going to get yourself into trouble. But the dying Doherty's cries carried on for a period that stretched out interminably for those who could hear them. Richmond recalled, Mr. McGuigan said that he could not stand the sound of the man calling any longer, and that if he went out waving a white hanky, they would not shoot at him. We tried to dissuade him from going out. We told him they would shoot him. However, he was brave, and he stepped away from us holding the white hanky in his hand. Although I cannot be certain, I think he held it in his left hand. He walked out slowly, sideways, in an arc towards where we thought the sound was coming from, He stepped out about ten to twelve feet away from us. All the time he was walking, I could see the left-hand side of his face. We were calling to him all the time to come back. He kept looking back towards us. I could see bullets going past us and Mr. McGuigan from all directions. I remember hearing two distinct shots. After the first one, Mr. McGuigan turned back towards us, and although I cannot be certain, I think he turned his whole body and not just his face. I did not see the bullet hit anything, I just heard it. The second shot hit him and blew his head up like a tomato exploding. I saw his eye come out. 
Giving evidence nearly thirty years later, Richmond had to take a break while recounting these events. She recalled that, when the bullet hit him, you know, his whole body turned around. The bullet entered McGuigan's head at the back, by the left ear, and exited from the front at his right eye. Richmond recorded her reaction. After Mr. McGuigan was shot, I went hysterical and couldn't take it any more. His shooting had seemed to me to be in slow motion, and I thought I was going to die. Although I do not remember this, I was told later that I was screaming, and that Mr. McFadden hit me in order to shut me up, as he thought that I was going to get them all killed. Others also remembered this. One recalled, After Barney McGuigan was shot, a girl called Richmond went hysterical. A man I know to be Barney McFadden punched her on the chin and knocked her out. I think he was concerned that her screaming would attract fire. The same witness testified that when McGuigan, who was only a couple of...